On today's episode, I talk with Sarah from the Pies and Pros blog. I'm so excited to share this interview with you because we are talking all about her transition a year ago to a vegan diet. And I know I get questions all the time about this. Is it hard to be plant forward? What do you actually eat on a vegan plant-based diet? Do you gradually cut out the meat and dairy? Or do you just say, I'm giving it all up and go cold turkey overnight? And more. Sarah transitioned a year ago to a vegan diet. And in today's interview, she gives us all the details on what she has learned along the way, how she did it, why she did it, and really, where does she now get her protein? It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork and let's dive into learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello and welcome back to the Bowl of Life podcast. Today I am excited to talk with Sarah from the blog Pies and Pros and not just because we share the same name, shout out to all the Sarahs. Sarah and I actually connected via a podcast connection platform called Wildcast, and I knew I wanted to talk with her because I saw that it was one year ago she transitioned to a vegan diet. So we are actually going to talk all about that because it's been, you know, exactly almost one year. It's January, and if you are on social media, you might have noticed that there's a hashtag floating around veganuary, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. (laughs) And while, yes, it does capitalize on the fact that in January, we're all kind of thinking about eating differently and focusing on our diet and lifestyle, but I honestly just think it's great if someone joins in the veganuary. See, I can't say it. Veganuary. <laughs> Whether it's January or they decide to stick with it longer than that, like like Sarah did our guest today. So I actually can't believe it's been four years that I also transitioned to a vegan diet, vegan plant-based diet in January too. I, I don't think the hashtag was around then, but maybe it was. I, I wasn't aware of it. But enough of me. Let's talk to the other Sarah and hear about her journey and experience of being vegan for over a year now. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Sarah. Um, firstly, thank I know, you. right? It's the, the Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on this show. Uh, like you said, I am also Sarah, and I live in New York City, and I'm the creator of Pies and Pros here on the internet. Uh, Pies and Pros started as like a lifestyle blog with a focus on books and food, but I also have an Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, lots of platforms. And just recently, last summer, I also became certified as a vegan health coach about eight months after I went vegan in January, 2020. Wow. That is so cool. That's so cool. All the, all the things you have going on. And as you mentioned, you have a nine to five job too, kind of along with that, the um, books and pros and all that. So that is so cool. And you live in New York city, instantly jealous. I think, you know, in my college years, I had that, um, 
and I'm a little bit older than you, but I was fascinated by sex in the city and like totally wanted that lifestyle in New York City. So is, is it true? Is it kind of like that sex in the city or is that just like a fantasy? I think it's somewhat like that. I think it's a little bit more on the romanticized side, but I do have a love-hate relationship. Some days I'm just in awe of New York City and then other days I'm just sick of it. So in between, a little bit in there. Right. I imagine be, um, like all the hustle and the bustle kind of does that yes. get a little like, whew, after a while. Oh my gosh. It's so fast. Sometimes I become too fast that I don't realize it, <laughs> but it's it's part of the lifestyle here. Right, right. Which is nice that New York City is kind of, I mean, you don't have to go very far to get kind of back to like nature and yeah, and the, that type of thing right outside the city, right? That There's is lots true. Of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've always kind of, I think my in-laws have hiked up in that area. Um, yes. You know, not in New York City itself. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, up, upper New York type of area. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, ah, I love to hike. love to be kind of out in nature. and uh, You need to have it every once in a while, for sure. Yeah, you did. So wanted to ask you all about your transition to a vegan, plant-based lifestyle because It's January and, you know, even the first few months of the year, people are always just thinking about, you know, like, oh, you know, I want to eat better or what, you know, I've been thinking about stopping eating meat, you know, for whatever reasons, whether it's, you know, something environmental or health or animal, they they start thinking about that. And so let's start with why you decided to go vegan. Yeah. So I think the first time that I ever heard the word vegan was actually a really long time ago. I think I was in high school and I went to the grocery store and I just happened to see like one brand of vegan cheese. And I was like, hey, uh, this is interesting. And so at the time, I didn't stick with it because unfortunately at the time, vegan cheeses weren't as good as they are now. Um, But in 2019, I, I got interested in it again because I was eating a lot of animal products and I was feeling kind of gross. And I was like, you know what? I need, I need to add more vegetables into my life. I need more like plants in my life. And so I thought, like, who does veggies best? Who who are the experts on on vegetables? And I was like, you know what? We got to go to the vegans. The vegans know this best. <laughs> so oh, <that's> awesome. <laughs> I started looking up YouTube videos and cookbooks. Like I said, I, I work in the publishing industry, so I was able to get access to vegan cookbooks. And it was just really, really interesting. And so once I started delving into that side of the world, like the vegan world, I found myself watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix, of course, and the most popular one at the time was What the Health, and yeah. uh, that one really resonated with me. And as soon as I watched that documentary, I said, you know what, that's it, I'm going vegan, and in January, that's that's what I did. Wow. Okay. So you kind of already started to cut back a little bit. So yeah. um, kind of a almost a smaller steps approach. Yeah. Um, and then the final, you know, I've heard that um, that particular movie, which I actually have not watched myself. I so need to. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I need to. I don't know why I just get stuck watching shows on Netflix. They <laughs> suck me in. <laughs> but um. Yeah, you know, I've heard that a lot of people transition after after watching that. What? Why is that? Why? What is in that? I mean, I guess. Yeah, tell me what is in that movie that kind of makes. Is it just like the slaughtering kind of meat angle? 
I think with What the Health, that's different from some of the other popular documentaries is that, of course, we know that there there's animal torture that goes into like the meat industry and whatnot. But What the Health takes a different approach and sort of explains why Americans are being lied to on a day to day, like through marketing and the health profession, the health industry. And there's just a lot of things that we've been lied to about for so many years. And it's kind of like, wow, we've been brainwashed for a very long time. And so that ties into the whole aspect of veganism. And it just opened my eyes. And I was like, wow, I need to get out of this brainwashed mentality and, you know, make my own decisions. Yeah, we are um, protein obsessed, as I like to say. Like, (laughs) I'm not sure why or whoever decided that meat needed to be had at every meal. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I yeah, that still boggles my mind. Like, where did that even come from? And maybe it maybe talks about that in the movie. And you can link what the health in the show notes for sure. But so tell me a little bit. So it intrigued me when you said that you weren't feeling the best from eating a lot of meat. Was it just kind of like uh, your stomach hurt or, you know, like you were having headaches or? Yeah, so definitely stomach aches. I think that was one of the number one issues I was having. Not really headaches, although my husband Ian did have headaches. But for me personally, I was having a lot of stomach aches and I was feeling really groggy, like tired all the time. Mm. I was pinpointing it to different reasons. Like maybe I don't sleep enough. Maybe I work too much. Uh, But then I realized I was eating meat and cheese in every single one of my meals. And it was more so than like the vegetables that would be on the plate. And I was just not enjoying that experience. And I felt like I needed to cut it out completely kind of similar, like I had a lot of inflammation going on Mm. was the reason kind of for my interest in the diet and my niece had, um, and she was on the podcast a a few episodes ago and she um, had been dealing with some inflammation. And so she kind of got me interested in, in the vegan diet. Um, I'd heard about it, but to me, I think it was like one experience in college where one of my roommates was like, well, I'm going to eat tofu. And I was kind of like, that's gross. And that's about all I know about the vegan diet. (laughs) And now I love tofu. So go figure. Me too. I love tofu. It came full circle. So I love, you know, and I think sometimes, um, you know, I know for myself, I think a lot of people were suddenly like, wait, you're not eating meat. Like it seemed like it just, just happened overnight. And Honestly, and it didn't. Like I'd already cut out cheese out of my diet um, for some other health reasons. I was having um, some sinus issues. And so, you know, you look back at things and you're like, you know, it might have looked like an overnight thing to some people, but really it was a smaller steps approach. For sure. Yeah, I totally Which I, you know, and I think... You know, and I don't know if one way is better or the other. It really depends on on the person, honestly. Um, But it is a lot to to wrap your mind around and to change all of a sudden, mm-hmm. especially if you aren't, aren't a, you know, vegetable eater or bean eater yeah. <laughs> to, be, to begin with. That's a, that's a lot to change up all of a sudden. So I think yeah. the, the smaller steps and that awakening to the health and messaging and marketing um, that happens in our society is just a, it's like lifting the, what do, you, what do they call it? The wool off the eyelids or the wool off the eyes or something. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's so true. I do agree with so that. So you noticed some positive benefits right away. Um, obviously, probably, you know, you mentioned the stomach ache. So did those stop right away or did it kind of, you know, take a few months? Because I know for myself, like when my whole point was I wanted to decrease some inflammation from a car accident and a neck injury I was dealing with. And it honestly took me like three months before I started to notice. I'm sure there were other benefits that were happening, but like I was just so focused on these headaches I was having um, and the inflammation, like my fingers kept freezing up. It was really weird. I didn't know what was going on. Um, But uh, yeah, so anyways, so what were some positive benefits you noticed right away? So right away, like immediate, the stomach aches went away. That was something that happened, I would say, maybe in the next week. And yeah, I was so thrilled about that. That was like an immediate positive change for me. And I I was so happy. But then I would also say three months afterward, just like you, I stopped feeling that groggy feeling. I, I wasn't feeling tired anymore. And I just regained a lot of energy. So I would say three months or so as well. Yeah, I know. It's like that 90-day mark. I wonder if that's true for other yeah. other vegans. I haven't really asked around specifically. <laughs> Me neither, honestly. <laughs> Maybe it's a good question. Start pulling pulling our audiences. Like, at that three-month mark, you know, was that when you first started to notice, like, really – Um, Or maybe, you know, it is kind of maybe just all those little gradual things and then finally, um, you know, boom. All right. You know, and I noticed, uh, you know, I feel like my skin improved. You know, I don't know if you heard that one. Um, Not like I had awful skin before, but yeah. Yeah, nice. I just felt like that that improved as well. So at the time you went vegan, um, I think I heard you mention that your husband wasn't. So was that hard to live yeah. with a non-vegan or was he supportive or how did that look for you? So I, I would preface by saying that when I decided to go vegan, uh, I sat down with him. We had a conversation and I told him like, hey, I am going vegan. <laughs> this is my choice. And I'm not going to pressure you into, you know, making that choice for you. It's your body. It's your choice. And so it started that way. And it was just, it was fine. And, uh, you know, he was actually watching these documentaries with me and he, he knew the impact, but he would get nervous and say, well, well, what do I eat then? What, what, what am I going to replace these animal products with? He was a, a very heavy uh, meat and cheese person. So uh, it was very difficult for him to kind of grasp that. But then I think it only took one or two weeks after I went vegan for him to actually say, you know, this is important to me too. And I'm just going to make it work. And he did. He made it work. He hasn't looked back since. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, I think that's a common fear, right? Like we fear the unknown and, you know, completely taking out two food groups that we have been told are super important. You know, Mm -hmm. you suddenly, oh man, like, you know, that's, that's scary. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And I can totally relate. Like I understood where he was coming from for sure. And, you know, to this day, I think so. My Now, I don't get asked that, but it's weird. My son gets asked all the time, like, where do you get your protein? How do you not eat meat and cheese? And, you know, he's 11. And it's like people are still asking him that. Like they're worried, I guess, about him. But they're not so worried about where I'm getting my. Oh, my gosh. No. (laughs) Oh, man. So so do you ever miss meat or cheese at all, I guess? Um, I would say in the beginning, 
I I kind of missed it only when I would like smell something. So here in New York City, there's like food trucks everywhere, maybe like on every single block. And there's just smells emitting from these trucks. There'd be like the halal cart and pizza, fried chicken. And it would sort of like trigger my memory like no other, um, especially in the beginning. But now I'm I'm okay with it. I I can smell the, the triggering smells and I'm totally fine. So yeah, I will give credit to the vegan substitutes though. Those help a lot. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And probably New York City, you guys have a lot of options probably being a more metro city. Oh my gosh, so many options, vegan and not. There's food everywhere here. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a plethora. Um, I live quite a rural area, so very different than an urban area. Oh, yeah. And uh, there is, there's not that much. I think I was like, I wasn't cheering up and down, but internally I was cheering up and down when I saw at our larger grocery store near us that they had some um, Miyoko's Creamery cheese. Oh, I was nice. like, what? <laughs> I was like, no way. And, you know, it's still like, well, before the whole... Um, you know, the whole world shut down and restaurants, yeah. you know, at least in Michigan or our, our area where I live, they aren't still open. But um, before that, it was always, I think, a big worry. Like when I'd go out to eat with friends, I'd be like, what are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? And I'm like, guys, like I've been doing this for a while. I can navigate a menu to whatever I want. <laughs> for sure. You can figure it out. We always do. Right. You know, and I will say for myself, I don't know what it is about that darn rotisserie chicken at the grocery store. <laughs> I, you know, I need to figure out how to replicate that smell in a vegan dish. <laughs> if you can do that, let me know because that's amazing. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what do they put in that? Like, seriously, like, that is the only thing, you know, that still, like, makes my nose be like, what is that smell? Yes, it's, it just triggers your your smell and your memory and everything. Right. But I will say, you know, like, and I've had this conversation with my husband a lot and we talk a lot about like, you know, smell aside, taste wise, you know, your bland piece of chicken, your bland steak, they don't taste like anything. You put seasoning on them and then they taste like something. So true. You are so right. You know, I mean, there's a reason people pour that A1 on, I guess, you know, like, which I always thought was gross, but, um, you know, they are doing, and so it's like so easy to, you know, like kind of point that out and be like, you know, you can replicate seasonings in a lot of vegan dishes and you know what? You're going to feel a ton better after you eat that. I 100% agree. <laughs> right. Yes. So so how do you answer? I talked a little bit here um, about how my son gets asked, where does he get his protein? But how, how do you respond to that when people ask you that? Oh my goodness. This question, I swear, will never go away. <laughs> Yeah, it seriously won't. (laughs) (laughs) But I think one really cool fact that I learned when I was receiving my vegan health coach certification is that Americans, which where we are, uh, they don't need to worry about protein. Protein deficiency is not common at all here. (laughs) And so I think the main reason why I pursued that vegan health coach certification is because I wanted to answer that protein question and other vegan related questions with confidence. I wanted to know exactly what fuels our body and how, and it was awesome. It was a great experience because now I can confidently say 
not only soy and tofu is unharmful, but it's a great source of protein. And now I can list out the beans, legumes, chickpea pasta. Chickpea pasta is so popular now. And I have definitely fooled non-vegans with it. I mean, you don't even need to be vegan to enjoy it. But all of these things I've eaten before I was vegan. And now I can say like, hey, uh, you're eating vegan food and it's protein heavy. You're fine. Yeah, totally agree. So where, I'm so curious about your vegan health coaching. Is that, where did you get where did you get um, the nutrition coaching? So I actually from? went through uh, Udemy. I think that's what it's called. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like an online education source. And uh, I mean, I had one of those things during this pandemic where I've been home all day long and I said, you know what, I want to do something. I want to fill my day up with something productive. And I thought, you know what, now's the time. I always wanted to learn more about like vegan nutrition. And so I took the course throughout the summer of 2020. And yeah, that that's where I got it. That is really so cool because now it's like, you know, you know the science to back it up. You know, like mm-hmm. like you said, you can feel confident in answering questions. And then, um, and I think anytime you can approach, you know, like sometimes food conversations get really weird. Like <laughs> I know for myself when I was, I we talked a little bit about our jobs before we hopped on here and I was traveling a lot. Um, a few years ago, and I remember being at this, and I was in a very B2B lumber yard setting is where a lot of our clients were. Right. And the owner was kind of like, well, you don't eat meat. That's fine. But you eat sugar, and that's just as bad. <laughs> like, wow. What? And my coworker and I, like, for some reason, we went out and got coffee or, or like, we just left the room or whatever. Not because of that was being said, you know, like, it was fine. I was just like, yeah, but, you know, it's not like I'm eating gobs of sugar, like, every day, you know, like. Oh, my goodness. But she's like, whoa, Sarah. She's like, I am totally understand after that why you don't really bring up this whole meat issue, vegan, you know, like you're just not going around saying, Hey, I'm vegan. I'm vegan. She goes, because of people like that. (laughs) For sure. It's like, sometimes you want to avoid that conversation because some people in your life will think that they are more qualified in nutrition than you are, even though they don't actually know. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, nothing against this guy. He was yeah. so nice. Otherwise, other than that question, but he was overweight and he knew it. So. <laughs> for sure. So I was kind of like, "This is what? Like, yeah. I don't think you should be handing out nutritional advice." Yeah, for sure. Oh man, and you know another thing too that um, a lot of people get worried about is the tracking of the macros. And I know we just discussed like. We are getting way more protein than we think as Americans. Yes. But um, do you hear that a lot? Like people bring that up to you like, but how are you tracking your macros and all of that stuff? I actually don't get that question often, but I kind of do it on my own just, of course, to to know, to have the knowledge. And I feel like every time I track every day, my protein is like skyrocketing compared to any other macro. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've never had an issue. That's awesome. That's awesome. And see, another another just good benefit. And, you know, I think people forget, like, and I will say this even just came up recently. Like, what? I've been plant-based for four years. And my son has been, now he's vegetarian. Um, He's only 11. And this was all his decision. And um, gosh, it's been over two years now. 
And still at Christmas, my mother-in-law is like, well, we're going to have, you know, some mashed potatoes and some rolls and, you know, she's going to have her ham or whatever. And, um, but before she even told me she was having like green beans and all the sides, basically, um, I was just kind of like, oh, so you're having ham and she was going to make this soup. And I was like, well, do you have something for Hunter to eat? And she's like, oh, yeah, we got, you know, the sides. And then she's like, but he needs a protein. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my goodness. I was thinking, I was just like, oh, I don't I don't think anybody's been listening to me. <laughs> nope. Totally not. I was like, oh, I thought we were past that conversation. But um, I was like, you know what? He'll be fine. <laughs> Obviously, he's thriving. It's been so many years. <laughs> Right. I'm like, every checkup at the doctor's office, they never even ask what he's eating. They, oh, my God. He's pretty healthy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. But anyway, so I think, like you said, you know, we're always going to get those questions about the protein. And it's just, you know, arming yourselves with the facts, whether, you know, it's like yourself taking a course or whether it's looking into some free resources. Yeah, It's just really, I think, having answers that you are confident and okay with, you know, saying back when you get that asked ask that question. Yeah, totally. Having that confidence has just taken me to another level because now I feel like I'm not sort of sitting there like, uh, uh I, I don't know how to respond, but now I can respond. So very happy about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you had also mentioned, um, and you had a great article about one or was it one month after being vegan on your website? Yeah. And um, so has it given you more confidence with, well, probably all your family and friends probably know by now that you're vegan, <laughs> but um, you know, you had mentioned that that was really hard, that um, that that was almost harder for them to accept that you had gone vegan. Yeah. And I would say uh, in that blog post, I, I kind of read it right before we we did this podcast, and it's actually not any different. Unfortunately, I'm still having that is probably the hardest thing that I'm I'm dealing with right now is just you know having my fr- friends and family members accept the fact that I'm vegan. I think personally, it's it's the reason why they can't accept it at the moment is because they just aren't educated enough in in the topic. And so I I was at Christmas dinner with my mom and she's like making Christmas dinner. And I'm like, you know, mom, don't forget I'm vegan. I had to say it, of course, because she was cooking. And uh, she's like, yeah, I know you're vegan. I know I made you pasta. And it, it was lasagna. It was, it was full of cheese. And so <laughs> I think in that example, it was like she, she doesn't quite understand or she's not familiar with what veganism is. And I think I said this in a recent YouTube video as well, but I think some people don't like being caught not knowing something and they put up this guard as if you're questioning their intelligence. And of course, that's not what the intention is. Uh, But I think uh, for them, learning and having an open, non-judgmental space to explore the concept of veganism can make the acceptance easier and a more positive experience. And so I think yeah. things like this podcast even is is a critical and positive open space for people who who are willing to learn. Yeah, yeah, I like to term it as like, hey, let's all start to think plant forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, wow, you know, and I, you know, I've got that before too. Actually, it just happened just this last weekend. You know, oh my so my sister in law brought a salad over for my daughter's birthday, and. 
um, I was like, oh, it has feta cheese. And she's kind of looking at like, oh. And I was like, she's like, well, you can just scoop some off the bottom, some plain. Oh my and then she's tossing it. And she's like, so then I added bacon bits. And I'm thinking. No. <laughs> I, yeah, so it's just like a whole education process. Yeah, okay. and, you know, and I get it. If someone doesn't eat that way themselves, it's not top of mind. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, but, you know, I do feel like, you know, it is. It is harder, I think, with, you know, friends is one thing. You may not see them all the time, but, yeah. you know, like your family who you like, you know, communicate with often. And, you know, I always feel like, but like, you didn't realize, what, like after this many years right. or after a whole year, yeah. like you still don't really understand. Um, but, you know, like we mentioned, change is scary. And yeah. I think it's, um, you know, maybe even as a parent, you know, too, they're thinking, well, I raised you this certain way and I thought it was healthy. And now, now that wasn't good enough for you. That's so true. I didn't think about that actually. Yeah. So, you know, and I just thought of that right now, but I could see that being, you know, a thing that goes through a parent's head of like, well, oh, how I raised you wasn't good enough. So, you know, like, you know, and that can be just hard overall. Um, you know, but I think it does, like you said, it comes back to education and, you know, and I think overall it's just better for all of us if we eat more plants. Yeah, totally. I think just opening that space so that they can learn uh, would be really beneficial for them as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many health crises in America. And, um, you know, I had um, Lauren from Well Elephant on my podcast a few weeks ago, maybe it's been a month now, but, um, you know, she actually reversed heart disease by by doing a whole foods plant-based diet. Wow. That's incredible. Right. And it's like when facts like that are staring at us, Mm -hmm. when cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in America, it's like, why aren't we just eating more plants, people? Exactly. (laughs) Preach for sure. Right. It's like, oh, man, that's uh, such an easy thing. Just hit hit up the vegetable section at the (laughs) store. (laughs) There's so much variety. Just, you know, have at it. Yeah. So speaking of the store... There's a big misconception out there that eating vegan and plant-based is more expensive. Right. Yeah. What is your thoughts on that? Okay. I have thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I have thoughts. I love it. So I live in New York City. I, I, it's one of the most expensive cities in the country, I think. And yeah, I will say that, you know, I've been tracking through receipts. So I have the receipts and I am spending less on my groceries now than I have ever in my entire adult life, honestly. Yeah, it's it's such a huge difference. Like bread, pasta, beans, the vegetables, fruits. These are like the cheapest items at the store, even here in those fancy schmancy uh, grocery stores like Whole Foods. Yes. It can be expensive when you are buying all the fancy vegan cheeses or fake meats. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, those things are are supplemental. I think in my in my view, of course, here and there, those things are absolutely delicious and they're like enjoyed on occasion. But for a majority of like my weekly meal plans, I've got like sandwiches, that's bread, pastas, all these things. They're just 
great staples and they're really cheap. And I will also mention, because uh, this doesn't get said often, but vegan foods do not spoil quickly. <laughs> like fresh produce, sure, you know, you can get the frozen and the canned produce and those still have high nutritional value. But personally, in the past, I have wasted so much food due to like mold on cheese or leaving mm-hmm. meat out for too long. And food waste is terrible, but you're also like wasting money there too. So honestly, every single aspect of going vegan has saved me money. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, look, like I, yo, I love best is that um, I'm not getting all these yucky, like chicken, you know, bacterial stuff all over my counter too, you know? Yeah, so it saves us some cleaning time. Yes, 100% agree. <laughs> I mean, I used to be so paranoid of that back in the day. Like, Me too. oh, I just still, you know, maybe I was always destined to be plant based because I hate, <laughs> I always hate touching raw meat. Oh, my um, gosh, too. Yeah, you know, maybe we were just destined to be that, you know, and it was always like I was hauling out the bleach and bleaching down the whole yeah. kitchen. Because I was always just so worried about salmonella or however you pronounce that. And um, like you said, like it doesn't have to be expensive. And yes, you know, every now and then, you know, a Beyond Meat burger on the grill is great. But it's not like that is a steady part of my diet. And can of beans cost, you know, in my area, 99 cents. Yeah, same here. It's so cool. So it's so cheap. And, you know, if you feel like the dried ones are better, you know, that's even more economical. For sure. Even cheaper. (laughs) Yeah. So what? Okay. So you mentioned making sandwiches a lot. And I know that's a big question. Like, well, what do you put on your sandwich as a vegan? Oh, that's that is so funny. So I am a huge sandwich fan. (laughs) And like I said earlier in the podcast, and I know you are too, I'm a huge tofu fan. So I have been experimenting with tofu and I like to make it a little crispy. So it sort of replicates like a crispy chicken almost. And then I kind of put that on my sandwiches with all sorts of different things. Like I think last week I did a pesto sandwich. And so I did tofu with pesto, lettuce, greens, all that good stuff. And it was so, so good. Mm, that does sound delicious. So do you, do you, to get it crispy, do you pan fry or how do you do it? I actually just uh, season it with like a poultry seasoning, which we know is not have any poultry at all in it. And um, Right, but still gives you that taste. Again, you yeah. know, like we're going back, like that poultry seasoning you put on the chicken because yeah. the chicken doesn't have any taste. Exactly. Well, same for tofu. You know, tofu doesn't have any taste. Exactly, totally. And yeah, I just, I put it in the oven and I bake it until the outside gets crispy and the inside still has like tenderness to it. It's so good. Oh, that sounds delicious. I'm getting, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> We're both probably, probably both like, oh, it is approaching the dinner hour here at the time of this recording. <laughs> but the pesto, yeah, that sounds delicious. So are, are you able to buy vegan pesto at the store or do you make it? I actually make it at home. Uh, I don't know if people have seen on my Instagram, but I have a garden, like an indoor garden system. And it grows fresh basil, so I just make it at home. Oh, that is so cool. Okay, so we will link that that Instagram um, post in, in the show notes so people can kind of see that. Yeah. And um, and they can reach out to you on how you make your vegan pesto. And I can link one of uh, our recipes from Bad to the Bull on, on the blog as, on the show notes as well. Because it really, like, I think people think like, oh, pesto is so hard to make, but it's really not. It's so <laughs> it's- easy. 
<laughs> it's not. So what are your some of your favorite um do you find yourself cooking more now that you are vegan? Oh, 100%. I think I cook almost every single day. I will say that it also is due to, you know, COVID and not being able to order takeout. Uh, but I yeah. do cook a lot and I've been experimenting a lot in creating recipes that are vegan and it's so much fun. Yeah. Did you like to cook before you were vegan? I always did like to cook. I've always been like experimenting with cooking, but I think when I went vegan, I just found a new passion for cooking altogether. I've just been experimenting so much. Like I think yesterday I made sort of like a vegan Alfredo with like vegan mm. shrimp in it. Oh my gosh. I've never oh. made it before and it was so good. Oh, yeah. They are coming out with so many yes. interesting products these days. For sure. Yeah. It was really, really cool. And, right. So it's really like a no-brainer to, you know, try out Veganuary. Try going for a meatless Monday. You know, like there's so many transitional products that, you know, like we both mentioned, yes, you know, budget-wise – I don't want to be eating those all the time. Yeah. Maybe even health wise, you know, you still don't want, but for a transition product or a product to have every now and then, totally cool. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think it was one of the main reasons why my husband Ian um, actually switched so easily. He's a huge fan of Impossible. So uh, that helped a ton. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, even I noticed um, Rachel Ray, I think maybe her husband is vegetarian, I think. Oh. And she was. Yeah, like national TV, she's was making chili. Um, I don't know, it was sometime in November. I caught this episode or whatever, and um, I know her, which is weird. I never even watched Rachel Ray, but, but she was making chili with Impossible Me. Wow, that is so cool. I know. I was like, way to go! Wow. I was like, that is amazing. We need more people, you know in that kind of celebrity mode. And there has been lately. I mean, yeah. what, Kim Kardashian, I don't follow her either, but <laughs> Veg News was like broadcasting that she got a huge delivery of Beyond Meat or something. I think I saw that. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, that that is so cool. So cool. <laughs> so this has been such a fun conversation and I probably keep talking more and more <laughs> about things and especially about kitchen things. Like I might have to have you back on the podcast just to kind of like go over like favorite kitchen accessories that uh, you use and, and stuff like that, because I'm all, all about that. But so what can you leave us or anything else that we should know about what you learned this year about going vegan? Well, I would love to come back. I am a huge fan talking about kitchen stuff. So anytime. But uh, something that I really, really want to leave with is that vegan or not, uh, in this whole process of going plant-based or adding more plants into your life uh, is to keep an open mind. So if you're vegan, I would say be patient and kind with yourself and others. Uh, there's no perfect vegan and uh, we're learning together. I am still learning and I'm still quite new to the process. And if you're not vegan, I would I would say be understanding and willing to support those in your life who made that choice. Uh, in 2021, the resources available is, is monumental. It has grown so much. So I would say read a blog post, reach out to a professional if you're concerned about your protein, uh, maybe listen to a podcast like this one and just keep the good vibes going. Yeah, totally. I, I think that is worth repeating. The respect goes both ways mm -hmm. and the kindness goes both ways. And 
I don't think that you ever win someone over by being that bully in the corner. <laughs> I agree. That just makes people run the other way usually. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think that is such good advice and such a good note to end this on. And one more thing, where can people reach out to you and learn more about you? Oh, for sure. So you can find Pies and Pros at piesandpros.com. That is my blog. Or you can search Pies and Pros on YouTube, Instagram, and Patreon. Uh, and I also will say I am working on a food blog. And that'll launch later this year. So you can follow updates for that on The Conscious Route on Instagram or Twitter. <gasps> Yay. Oh, that's so fun on the food blog. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that bigger picture. Oh, wow. So we are definitely, yes, when that launches, you're coming back on and we are going, yeah, we are talking about food. Amazing. For sure. (laughs) That is so cool. So we will definitely link all of this information in the show notes on how to get in touch with you and to follow you and all that good stuff. And thank you again so much for coming on. This has been such a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I loved near the end of this podcast when Sarah talked about that the best thing is that we just educate ourselves and then we are respectful and kind to each other no matter what we eat. I can't think of any better way to strive to be. If you want to connect with Sarah and learn more about her blog, her writing, and when she launches her new cooking website that she teased us about, head over to our sponsored blog, Bad to the Bull dot com forward slash 23. Again, that's bad to the bull dot com forward slash 23. And check out all the show notes. It will have all the information there. And hey, while you're there, download our free five plant based dinners ebook. It contains some of my family's favorite plant forward meals. Thanks for listening.